0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, man! What a joy. Good to see everybody. What a beautiful crowd here in third service today. Wow. You folks get enough sleep? You know, I hadn't mentioned the horns at all, and uh, uh, I, I think I need to do that. Because if I if I mention the Aggies without mentioning the horns, then I'm messed up in Austin. But they played a good game. They just didn't start until the second quarter. If they'd have started in the first quarter, we might have had a different ball game. But you know that's a if, if and nuts were, if if and butts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. So but that's the way it is. But we're gonna we're gonna get there. We had a puppy running the show yesterday, a little old freshman. He'll grow up, he'll become a mongrel. And when he does, he'll be biting OU everywhere. I mean, he'll just be wearing them out. So we're gonna we're gonna keep believing. Amen. That's all I got to say about that. And then the Aggies. The Aggies won last night. They won down there in Florida, beat those Gators. Amen. Shouldn't have been that close, but a uh, And M's a better team. Than they are, but they won on the road, so that's good. And uh, what else I got to say? Uh, our Bluebell Life Group is doing well it really is. <laughs> I'm getting all kinds of texts. Pastor, I, I ate this kind today and I ate this kind today. And, and there's people showing me pictures of their Bluebell life group. They're having Bluebell in their life group. It just it just spices up a life group. Bluebell just spices up a life group. If you haven't had Bluebell, you need to go try it. Amen. Go try it. It's, a, it's sinless. Uh, maybe. <laughs> you could get a glutton spirit and that's a sin. All right. But I love all of you. It's good to see you. I want to talk to you a little bit today before we go into the Word, and, and it's important that I, that I bring this to your attention. We're making some transitions in our leadership. Uh, we're hiring some people in certain areas, and we're firing people from those other areas to bring them to another area. Nobody's leaving the church, but at the same time, we've got, we got some beautiful people that are, uh, are being trans, trans, transferred to other positions in the church. And I want to bring up two people that I love very, very much Brad and Cass have been doing the youth work, the youth ministry, the image next door uh, ever since, I think, Noah came off the ark. I mean, they've been over there a long time. And, uh, and, and, and when I came here, Brad was seven years old and my daughter was six. And, and Brad was a baseball player and he, was a, he, he thought he was a stud jock and all that kind of stuff, you know. And he went away to college and he came back and he realized that the acres of diamond was right here and he married our daughter. And we're pretty happy about that, but he's really happy about that, all right? <laughs> and they've been working over here for a long time, and we're excited about the fact that they're going to move up and be a part of Big Church now. They're going to come be a part of us. So, Brad Cass, would y'all come up here right now? We want to introduce my first assistant. Amen <laughs> hey, in the auditorium. Brad and Cass. I love you guys. You. I love y'all. Sweet kids, sweet kids. Our middle daughter and uh, Brad. We're married. How many years ago did y'all get married? Eleven. Eleven? All right. He said ask her. Boy, that's a good husband, ain't it? <laughs> wow. And then because Brad is vacating the youth department, the image department, we've got a wonderful couple that's going to fill in that role. They've been here for a good while and I've seen them grow up also. And they're incredible people. They're as pure as the third snow of winter. They really, really are. They're good kids. And we love them dearly, and I want to introduce Brandon and Kara, his wife, Green. Come on up, kids. Come on up. Hey, Amen. I raised this young one, and I've seen this and grow up, but we hired him several years ago, and he was our children's pastor, and we're delighted that he has become our youth pastor. Brandon has a way of just kind of walking through a group of kids, and he's like, he's like uh, what's it called? Velcro. Kids just stick to him, ain't you? He just collects kids you know. Just <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's, he's got a great spirit about him. Uh, was, it, was, it, was a great young man growing up and he's still a great young man right now. Is uh, Adassa and uh, Josh here? Adassa come on up. So Adassa is going to be our children's uh, <clears throat> director right here. Adassa and, uh, and Josh her husband came from Tennessee. Josh was a football coach at a small college and they decided to come to Austin, start a new career. And they found Christian Life Church. And boy, we're so happy they found us several years ago. And she is a great, great children's director. And she's going to do tremendous. So we're promoting her to that, promoting them to the youth, and promoting them to big church. And where am I going? Right here. I'm not going nowhere. All right. All right. We love y'all. Proud of you. Nothing like you. Let's give them a great hand. Clap, clap for them. And, Tell them after church you're proud for them. That's wonderful. Would you stand to your feet, you feature incredible people. Forrest Gump died and went to heaven. And when he got to the door, he had to meet St. Peter. And St. Peter said, Forrest, i got a few questions I need to ask you. And Forrest said, all right, just fire at will, just whatever. He said, uh, how many days start with T in the week? And Forrest said, just a minute, let me think. And he said, two, today and tomorrow. <laughs> and Pete kind of shook his head, and he said, well, I, you know, I guess we can take that. that. Never thought of it that way. He said, let me ask you another question. How many seconds are there in there a year, in a year? How many seconds? And Forrest thought of it, and he said, 12. He said, 12? He said, yeah, January 2nd, February 2nd, <laughs> March the 2nd, <laughs> April the 2nd. He said, Forrest, you're going to have to know the name of God if you're going to get to heaven. What's God's name? And so Forrest looked at him and said, Andy. Andy, he said, Yeah, mom used to sing when I was a kid, Andy walks with me, Andy talks with me, Andy tells me I'm his own. And so Pete said, Forrest, come on in. And when he got past me, he said, Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> get away from the gate. There's a lot of people that don't know a lot of things about God in their life, but they're here at church today, and we're going to talk to you. We're going to try to put it on the language that you can understand because I believe with all my heart that God wants every one of us, say every one of us, to be victorious in our life. He did not make us in His image, He did not make us in His image to fail. God does not make junk. He makes winners, and He makes people champions, and He makes people that are overcomers, and that's the spirit that you have in you. Sometimes when you feel like you're just about to fall out, you say, "Mm, I'm going to get back up, and that's the beauty of what God put in you. God placed that inside of you, and it's an awesome thing. We're doing a series called Four Cups, and today's the third one of these. Brad did the first one. He talked about the promises of God. That God could not deny Himself and that God is not a liar. He's not only a promise maker, He's a promise keeper. Amen. And we also know that Jesus is the answer for the world. He's the answer. And so that, then last week we talked about the first one of these. We talked about that God was going to bring them out. And we're going to preach right there today. We're going to go to the second one of these. Turn to your neighbor and shake their hand say, I'm going to help the pastor. I hope he don't go too long and I hope he's good. God bless you. may be seated. Amen. So last week we talked about, from Exodus chapter 6, you'll see it on the screen, the good book says that, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out, everybody say bring you out, from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So what God was doing, He brought Israel out of Egypt because Israel was a slave in Egypt. They had been there 430 years and they had learned how to make bricks and they had to learn how to get straw to make those bricks. And the Egyptians overtaxed them, overworked them, overburdened them, and uh, God got enough. And He said, I'm going to bring you out. That's the first promise. And He did bring them out, brought them through the Red Sea, under the cloud, through the sea, and then into the wilderness. And the second one we're going to talk about today, He said, I will free you from being slaves to them. And then He said, the third cup, I'll redeem you with an outstretched arm with the mighty acts of judgment. Now, 87% of people never get to the third cup. They never get to the redemption. They never get there. Then he said in, in the fourth, the fourth uh, I will, he said, I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. So last week we talked about the cup of sanctification or the cup of salvation. Salvation happened when God brought those people out of death and he brought them out of despair and he brought them out of the yoke of the Egyptians. Today we talk about the cup of deliverance or the cup of freedom. Everybody say freedom. Everybody wants to be free. Next week we're going to talk about the cup of redemption or restoration, and the last cup will be the cup of praise. We're going to enjoy the next two, the cup of fulfillment. So today we're dealing with Egypt. Now, we're going to talk about the second cup, the second cup, the four cups. These cups that these people take every, every Passover, the, the still the Orthodox Jew, takes four cups of wine and they drink one cup for the cup of salvation, one for the cup of freedom, one for the cup of restoration, and one for the cup of fulfillment. And it's called the four cups. And so they honor this every year at Passover. Now we're going to talk about the second cup today. God promised to deliver the children of Israel from being slaves. Now, that's what He said today. I'm going to to take that away. I'm I'm, I'm going to take that away from you. You're not going to no longer be slaves. Why? They're already set free from Egypt. Even though they weren't slaves to Egypt anymore, they still acted like slaves. And they thought like slaves, and they performed like slaves. See, you can be free spiritually, folks, living for God, yet be bound with chains, acting like a slave. They were out of Egypt, but there was still a little Egypt left in them. And they were headed to the promised land, and they were free from their past, but they were acting like slaves. They still wanted the garlics. They still wanted the onions. They still wanted the leeks of Egypt. They didn't like the manna that came down from heaven. They didn't like it. They didn't like it. It was a little coriander seed. They didn't like that. They wanted something else. They wanted something with a better taste, with a better, uh, a better mindset. They wanted something that they could look at and say, now this is food. And their thinking was messed up. They had the wrong view of themselves. Many of us today are going to heaven. We're going to heaven, yet we're still plagued by Egypt, by habits, by addictions, by attitudes, by things that we have not shaken free from on our journey to glory. Now, we're not perfect people. We're not perfect people. And somebody said, well, you know, I need to find a perfect church. Well, if you leave this one and go find it, you're going to ruin it. So just stay here, all right? We're imperfect people, but we are forgiven people. Isn't that a neat thing? We're forgiven people. That's the joy of it. And we want to drink the cup of deliverance, the cup of freedom, is is, is for anyone still struggling with what I call sinful nature. Now, as long as we're in this body, we're going to struggle with some things. But I want to help you with those things today for people whose past keeps limiting their future. Deliverance, folks, is different from salvation. Salvation takes care of your eternity. That's your immortality. That's what's waiting on you. Deliverance determines your quality of life while you're on earth. So what I don't want to happen, I don't want the quality of life on earth to diminish what is waiting for you on the other side with eternity. Salvation, the first cup, is instant. Salvation's instant. Deliverance, the second cup, is a process. The first cup is all God. It's a free gift. It stands along. It's unique. It's grace. In fact, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Everybody say, I didn't do anything. God saved me. By grace I was saved. And so the first cup is grace. The second cup is works that works grace out. Philippians 2 said, work hard. Show the results of your salvation. Obey in God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you. So the second cup is all about us changing. It's all about us changing and making changes from what God brought us out of. Because God don't want us to stay connected with our spirit and with our hearts and with our bodies to what we came out of. He wants to change us. He wants to bring us to an ever-changing spirit in our life that will help us to grow in the grace and the favor that He has for us. You know, when Lazarus... Came out of the grave in John chapter 11. I I find it very interesting. It was very interesting to read this because when Lazarus came out the Bible said he still had grave clothes. He was alive but he was wrapped in grave clothes. In fact you couldn't really tell who he was. And there was a lot of people standing there that might have thought that Jesus was the magic man and this was not really Lazarus. This was somebody else that might have just come out because a lot of people still did not believe that he could take a dead man that was in corruption And bring him back to life. And so he says this. He says, loose him and let him go. Now I I wonder who he was talking to. It didn't say he said to the people. He just said, loose him and let him go. I believe with all my heart. I just believe this. I'm just going to receive this. That the God that brought him out of the grave, that brought a dead man back to life, can speak to the grave clothes on his body and say, I made you too. Now get off of him. Amen. I believe that God can take the grave clothes that wants to hold you back and hinder you from living a full life. He can speak that off of your body also and off of your spirit also. I believe that Jesus is still the answer for everything in our life today. Amen. He is the answer. The Bible said in 2 Kings that they feared the Lord, but they served their own gods. Here's what I want to tell you. I, I, I don't want you to fear God and not serve Him. I want you to respect the presence of God. But my goal today is to tell you to serve Him with your whole heart. Give Him everything you have. Somebody say amen to that. But we have to take steps. How does it work, Pastor? Okay. We're triune beings. We're spirit with a soul and a body. So everybody say, I'm a spirit. I'm a, spirit. I'm a, soul, I'm a soul. And I have a body. And by the way, the body is the least of all that matters. It's just a house. It's just a skeletal bones and, and and muscle. That's all it is. And Boy, we take care of that, don't we? I do with Bluebell every day. We take care of that. <laughs> Amen. Some of you guys lift more than a fork. I, I see you when you come in. I say, oh, dear Lord, I don't want to run into nothing that he's a part of. Because that old boy is a tough dude. But the body, the physical wants stuff. And, and, and stuff sometimes makes us lust and makes us envy and makes us yearn for things, this body does. Then the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, the feelings, the thoughts, that's where we get our depression, that's where we get our impressions, that's where we get our, our, our thoughts of I can do it, our thoughts of I can make it happen. That's where we get all the positive and negative flow in our life. But then the spirit, that part of us that is like God. God put a spirit in us and so he told Nicodemus in John 3 that when you are born again, he makes that spirit, He makes that spirit perfect. He, he, he creates that spirit like Him. He brings a new spirit. The natural man though on the outside and in the soul needs some work. So we're saved from sin. The spirit part of us is renewed and empowered. Now the rest of us has to catch up. So the spirit part now can influence the other two parts. But only if the spirit is stronger than the other parts. That's why it's important to have a prayer life. That's why it's important to have a worship life. That's why it's important to have a Bible reading life. That's why it's important to understand that I've got to think right, act right, be right, do right. Because I want to live for God in my life. I want to do the things that God wants me to do. You know, I was a a child. I, I hate to tell you this, but I was a child that didn't get a lot of whippings. I really didn't. Because I got one one time. And that was enough. When my dad took care of me, that was enough. It wasn't enough. My brother, he got some all the time. But I didn't want those. And I decided when I got that first, and I didn't want to hurt like that anymore, so I was just going to do what my dad asked me to do. And because because of that, I became a son that loved his father with everything because I thought my dad was so cool because he would say, son, I want you to do this. I thank you for being my son. I want you to do it. And I'd go do it because I wanted to please my father. And I think that's what Christianity is all about. It's not the Lord taking us to the woodshed and saying, I want you to do this and pound on us and beat us over the head. It's God saying, look, I love you. I loved you enough to bring you out of Egypt. I loved you enough to take you out of slavery. I loved you enough to bring you where you are today. Can somebody love me back? Can somebody worship me again? Can somebody read my word? Can somebody come to the house of God? Can somebody just show me that you love me back? Amen? So, so we're like a baby we're fully alive but we have a lot of growing to do and we got to allow God to do that work in us one of the most popular things that we're doing in our church now is life groups I, I love life groups and and uh, you know I've got I've got several life groups I have a breakfast that I do on Friday morning and uh it's, gone, it's got as many as 15 people that come at one time, and we have wonderful life groups there, and we eat, we eat eggs, and we, we fellowship, and we have fun. But i got a little acronym I want to throw up here about life groups. It, it, it says simply this, living in freedom every day. Little acronym. Say, living Amen. in freedom, freedom every day. Amen. Now, let me, let me say something. God don't want you just to come to church on Sunday and experience freedom. He wants you to have freedom on Monday and freedom on Tuesday. At freedom on wednesday are you with me he wants you to live in freedom every day he wants you to leave here saying wow what a wonderful service but he wants you to get up some monday morning and say what a wonderful day God gave me a wonderful day. He doesn't want you to turn down after you turn out from an uplift in the house of God. He wants you to be lifted every time you get up because God wants you to live holy and completely in his presence all the days of your life. That's what he says. I will bring that slavery off of you. You're not going to walk in that any longer. I brought you out. Now I'm going to take it out. Clap your hands and rejoice to that. So dealing with yesterday, the Egypt in us. Those areas that keep us trapped in our past. And, and there's, there's usually one of three areas that keep you trapped in your past. Number one is victory over sin. Everybody say victory over sin. Victory. Now let, let me talk to you. Sin is simply defined as the choices you make and what you do to yourself. Sin is something you do to yourself. It's not something that somebody else did to you. You did it to yourself. The Bible said that we, that we sin when we're drawn away of our own lust and enticed. Yeah. And when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. I used to preach when I was a young man, that's the first LSD, lust, sin, and death. And it'll kill you. It'll take you out. But I'm here to declare, you do it to yourself. And so the devil wants to torment you and tell you that you will never get past those choices that you've made in life. But when I tell you that God can bring you out of that, and then take that out of you, I'm standing here today as a witness it can happen in your existence. Romans 7 said, so I find this law at work. Paul had this issue. Although I want to do good, evil was right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin work that works within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death, or in the King James it said body of death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. He was saying the only one that can take this dead man off my back, this dead man off my back is Almighty Jesus Christ. I've got to have Jesus in my life. I've got to have him in my presence. I've got to have him in my being. I've got to have him. I need the Lord every day of my life. Not just as a Savior, I need him to be Lord of my life. Amen. Not just as somebody that brought me out, I need him to take me on. I need him to be Lord of my life. See, Paul was referring to a a, a Roman type of execution. The Romans, when somebody perhaps killed a man or took a man's life, they would take that man's life. And they would turn his back to the man that committed the crimes back and they would lock arms and rope his arms and rope him around the man. And he would have to sleep with that man on his back, have to walk with that man. The man corruption would set in. That corruption would get into the living man's body and eventually it brought death to the living man. That's the the law that they had back in Rome. Check me out. But here's what I want to tell you. Paul said, I've got to get this dead man off my back. This thing is trying to corrupt me. This thing's trying to walk with me. And I even though I've come to the Lord, I need to get this off my back because there's a war raging in me. I'm here to declare that the only one <laughs> that can get the dead man off your back is Jesus Christ. The only one that can take that situation off of your back is Jesus Christ. There's no sinching you carrying around your yesterday. Come on, let Jesus take a hold of your life. Let Jesus get a hold of your back and take that pain and that suffering away. And don't let your yesterday destroy your today and tomorrow. Say amen. The second, the second one he talks about is simply this. He talks about this one. He says, I need healing from my wounds. Healing from my wounds. Simply defined, healing from wounds is a negative event that may have happened. See, sin is what you do to yourself, but wounds is what others do to you. Now, now, now this, this gets, it gets tough right here because I'm going to have to deal with some things. There are some people that have been hurt by people and you think you can never be helped by people again. So you have set up this wall and said, I'll never trust anybody because I've been hurt by somebody. I, I want to I preach to you today. I want to I talk to you. Rejection, negative experiences, tragedies, words, divorce. The devil is looking for a foothold in your life with relational situations. And there's not a person in this house that hadn't had some kind of relational difficulty in your past. And hell is trying to make you feel like that you'll never have another good relationship in your life. Am I talking to anybody here today? Am I talking to anybody? Maybe you've gone through some bad marriages. Maybe you've gone through some terrible divorces. Maybe you've gone through some bad parenting. Maybe, maybe your parents were people that did not believe that you had any kind of credibility in your life. You had no future. You had nothing in your life. And you believe that. You bought that. And now it's hard to rebuy somebody telling you that there is hope for you in your life. But I come today. I come today to tell you not only can you have victory over your sin... You can have healing from your hurts and your wounds in Jesus' name. Jesus wants to help you do that. And there's a lot of people that I've preached to that are angry about the fact that they've had those situations. But the Bible said don't let anger, don't let anger rule you. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Ephesians chapter 4. He said don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. So here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to tell you. There's a lot of people here that didn't get chosen. That didn't get chosen. I I, uh, I used to be a pretty decent athlete. I, I wasn't a real good one. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I couldn't ever hit a curve ball, so I wasn't a good baseball player. And I couldn't hit a fastball because it was too fast. And uh, I couldn't. I wasn't a good racquetball player because I, I got hit. I got hit in the back. I got hit in the chest. I got hit in the head with racquetballs. And I decided I I wasn't the target. I thought the wall was. So I. I don't play racquetball real well. Uh, I can play a little basketball, but probably not as good as I think I could. Because the older you get, the better you were. You know how it is. And uh, and, I, and I tell kids all the time, you ought to see me when I was 18 years old. Boy, I tell you what, I tear you up. I probably couldn't tear anybody up. I was just normal. But I thought I was good. And and the older I get, the more I think I was good. You know. So, but the but the bottom line, I remember when I was just a kid. I remember when we used to have this pick'em thing. I, okay, who's going to, okay, who wants to, so I used to be one of the choosers. I guess I was good enough that I got to be the chooser. I was always usually a captain in my class, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Okay, we're going to choose up for football, we're going to choose up for baseball, we're going to choose up, and I would, I would inevitably choose somebody that was clumsy, because I wanted to. I would choose somebody that couldn't get to first base in the whole month of January, I would choose somebody that didn't know how to swing a bat, that didn't know how to catch a ball, that didn't know how to throw a ball. I wanted them on my team because I wanted them if I tried real hard to be a part of a winning combination. And I think that that's the spirit that the Lord wants me to transfer to this congregation today. That's the kind of God He is. He wants to choose you. What everybody else thought that you didn't have, God says, I see something in you that is so awesome. I don't care if it takes you forever to get to first base or you can't throw a ball through a hoop or you can't do the things that you thought everybody else could do and you compare yourself with other people. I'm here to tell you God wants to choose you for his team today to tell you that your hurts and your problems from the past are not going to hinder what God has for you right now. You need to lift up your head and rejoice because God still has something great for you right now in this house. He's going to take that Egypt feeling out of you and give you a victory in your life. And the third thing, the third thing, the third thing is that you need authority over the enemy. Everybody say authority. Wow, you need authority over the enemy. Simply defined as the plan that the enemy has for you. So the enemy wants to destroy you. Now here, this is where I want to really talk to you now. I want to really speak this to you. Because see, the enemy knows knows something about you because he's followed you, he's tracked you, your whole existence. And he knows what that sin, that besetting sin is. The one that when you make a mistake now, he says, you know why? It was because you did that 10 years ago. Because you did that 20 years ago. Am I preaching to you? And he'll pull that up. He'll pull that up in your mind. He'll roll that like a screen, a scroll in your mind and say, if you hadn't done that, then you wouldn't be suffering this. If you hadn't done that you'd be you wouldn't be suffering this. I think that there's a time you need to understand that you don't have to reap forever for what you did in the world, that Jesus covers it by the blood of the lamb, amen, and he starts you afresh in life, but you need to understand that because I'm preaching to you, you need to turn around on the enemy and say, get out of my garden, get out of my lot, get out of my field, I'm going to live for God. You need to speak back at him and declare the goodness of God in your life because he don't want you to to rejoice over something good because He wants to keep you in that besetting sin of your yesterday. You know, there, there's, a, there's just things that just, I mean, I could go into all kinds of situations in my life today. But there's things that I've gotten the victory over and I've received declaration from and I've received power over because God said, no more, no more. And sometimes you've got you to gotta help in this situation you know, in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, in Genesis, the Bible said that God gave Adam and Eve dominion. Everybody say dominion. 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 Over, the, over the animals of the field, over the birds of the air, and the beasts of the field. He gave them dominion. Everybody say dominion. dominion. The Lord wants to give you dominion over some things in your life. You need to speak some things. <laughs> Hallelujah. You need to open your mouth and, and, and just say, not today. Let the devil know not today, not today. It's not going to happen today, not in this house, not now, not ever. I'm just going to stand here and declare the word of the Lord in my life. This is not going to happen. You know, you know it, it, it's an amazing thing. When Israel comes out of Egypt, God sends manna to them and they pick it up every day. And, uh, and there wasn't enough for the next day. You just collect enough for the day because God's going to give you some more manna tomorrow. And the Bible said that they collected that manna and they said, what is this? That's what it means, manna. What is this? They didn't know what it was. It was a little coriander seed. And and when they tasted of it, it tasted like honey. Isn't that amazing? You know why God wanted it to taste like honey? Because He wanted to get the taste of Egypt out of their mouth. He didn't want them to have a sour taste in their mouth. He didn't want them to come out with garlic on their breath and onions. He wanted them to have some altoids. And some bluebell ice cream. (laughs) And some hot chocolate cake on the ground. He wanted them to eat something that made them feel like I can get past the taste of the world. But the longer they stayed in that wilderness. And when he got ready for them to go into the land of promise. He changed the taste of that manna to fresh oil. Because there's got to be some time in your life. Let me preach now. Well, you got to get away from me having to feed you with bluebell sermons and chocolate cake and all that stuff and brownies. you got to have an anointing come on your life and say, I'm going in, I've come out, I'm going to get Egypt out of me and I'm going in. And when you make up your mind to get Egypt out of your life and you're going to go in, he'll change your manna to an anointing. Hallelujah. He'll change your manna to an anointing. And that's what this church... Oh, somebody help me preach right now. That's what this church needs. That's what third service needs. God, take this sweetness out of my mouth and put an anointing in my mouth and let me speak the word of God in my life. Dominion time. It's dominion time. It's dominion time. In fact, the Bible said, Finally, my brethren, Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. You can stand against the devil's scheme for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Hell's got a plan for you. Tell hell not today. Not today. I'm going to get over my sins. I'm going to get over my hurts. And I'm going to move forward because I want to have dominion over you in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to that in the name of the Lord. Give me seven more minutes and I'll be through. I promise. Give me seven more minutes. I got to talk. So you got to listen now. I want to read you a scripture that's powerful to me. Romans 8 says, there is therefore no condemnation for those that belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin. It leads to death. Everybody say, there's no condemnation to those that walk and belong to Jesus Christ. Don't let condemnation stop you. We all have issues but notice the secret to overcoming. Here's the secret. Verse 5 and 6 of the same chapter. Those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Who do you want controlling up here? Come on, who do you want controlling this thing? You need to let the Holy Ghost control your mind, control your thinking, control your heart. That's how you have victory in your life. So it's important that we have new influences in our life because the Holy Ghost wants us to think a certain way. So I want to I give you three little things here, and then I'll let you go, three little things. The first thing that you have to understand when you start saying Egypt I'm getting it out. I'm moving on. I'm not going to let you have control of my life. I'm going to drink the second cup. I'm going to be set free. I'm going to be delivered. Number 1, relations are the keys. You got to have a right relationship. You know, listen to me, folks. There's people in this world that just love to listen to you and then go talk about you. I'm sorry. I used, to, I used to confide in, in pastors, some pastors, and, and I'd, I'd find my story coming back at me, and I'd say, Lord Jesus, I thought I had a friend in that. You better know who your friends are. Amen. Let me tell you something. In fact, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. You need to have somebody in your life that when you talk to them, they're going to pray with you, and they're going to honor the fact that you had confidence in them to share with them the things that you're struggling with in your life. There's things that all of us struggle with. We're not perfect. We all struggle with things. But you need to have the right relationship. It's kind of like those three preachers out in the boat one day fishing. One of them said, you know, i got a problem with money. And another said, you know, i got a problem with cussing. And I also, you know, I, I like women a little bit. And I, I have to fight that. And the third one said, well, I've got a problem with gossiping. And I can't wait to get back to the shore. <laughs> I hear that man never made it back to the shore. Somehow. He drowned. <laughs> but when you when you confess to God, yeah. He forgives you. According to Proverbs, uh, John one and uh, John first John one and nine. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just forgive us. But when you confess to people, you receive healing. James five and sixteen. He says, "Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed." Sometimes you've got to confess to God and say, God, I need healing. I need need forgiveness, and God forgives you. But then, in order to put you on the right path, you need to have a, a partner. You need to have a brother, brother. You need to have a sister, sister, that can come to you, and you can go to them and say, hey, help me in this dilemma. i got a problem here. And when you confess that to them, you will receive healing. You'll receive healing from your past because you're saying, I put myself on notice. I'm out here. I'm on this limb, and I want to live for God. The second thing you need to do is to be water baptized. You need to be water baptized. You need to go down in water. Many people come from a background that people make your mind up for you, and they baptize you as infants. They sprinkle you, and you didn't get a choice. I'm telling you, you need to make a choice to go down in the water and be water baptized because it identifies you with believers, it identifies you with Christ, and it shows a good conscience, and you need that in your life. You need to say, you know what? I'm married, but sure does look better now, doesn't it? I want everybody to know that I love Jesus Christ with all my heart. And some people have just kind of put baptism on the shelf I'm telling you, folks, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You need to be baptized. Baptism, Jesus Christ, folks, did not know any sin, never knew sin, and he went down in water because he said, I need to be baptized by you, John. And John baptized him because he was an example for us to follow. So if Jesus, who knew no sin, could go down in water, we need to identify with the Jesus Hallelujah, that went down in water. Amen. We need to identify with it. Clap your hands and rejoice to that. And then the third thing, and I close with this today. The third thing is simply this. The third thing is not only your right relationships. You already got it there. Not only your right relationships and not only baptism, but you need a church membership. You need. Now, I, I, I know a good church that I can tell you about. I know a good one. I know good people that go to that church. You heard one of them speak today. The other day I had lunch with nine businessmen in this church and, and it was just one of the highest honors of my life. It was one of the greatest moments that I've ever shared in my life and I keep getting calls and saying, Pastor, we need to do this again and and we, I, I want to do it again with some other people. But I just, I just feel like that we, we, we need, there, there's something about church. There's something about church people. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And you can just absolutely just get in a flow. Now, you don't need to get in a flow with people that are downers all the time. You need uppers in your life. You need people that are up. You need people that talk good and talk positive and understand the grace of God and not just the judgment of God. You need to. But at the same time, it's, it's a joy to be with people that just encourage you with their, their salvation and what God has done in their life. And so, my dad, my dad is a a, a great rand. If you'll help me, I, I I'm gonna prove it. I'm I'm closing. My my dad was he'll he'll be gone seven years this year. It's hard to believe. I some of you folks that's come to church later than after he passed away. I wish you knew my daddy. I wish you knew my dad. God, he was so wonderful. He was such a good man. Six foot four, two hundred and fifty, forty five, fifty pounds. Just just a great, great man. Just walked humbly and loved God and, and did it right. He just did life right. But Daddy had this, he had this thing. Every house we ever had had a cellar, a storm cellar, a cellar that we could go to if the storm came. And I thought, Lord Jesus. Daddy, he said, son, I'm building a new house told me when he was building that house up in Marlow, Oklahoma. I built a new house, son. I said, Dad, what you going to put in? He said, well, the first thing, son, I built a storm cellar in the back. I built a storm cellar. I said, Dad, you built a cellar? He said, I built it first, son. I'm sorry, that's built first. Yes, I wanted it there. And if Daddy, you know, Oklahoma, the storms could come up quick, West Texas, the storms come up quick. And if there was a little sprinkler, he said, kids, we need to go to the cellar. (laughs) Come on, Mom, let's go to the cellar. And I think Dad just had a phobia for the cellar. I think he just loved the cellar. He's loved it. I went up to see him at his new house in Oklahoma years ago, and he said, "Son, I want to show you my cellar." We went through a garage that you could eat off his floor. My dad had the cleanest house and the cleanest garage. He just dad cleaned all the time. He was a clean freak. And uh, he went back there and he said, "Son, look at that look at that lantern over there, and that, that, I got that at Walmart son. You see that lantern right there? And you see that bed there, son that's that's the finest mattress. Me and Mama could just sit through this. We could just lay down here and just have a, just, just go all through all the storm. We don't have to worry about nothing. And you see that little table right there? And we could eat down here. Got groceries over here. He had a shelf. And so the next time I went up, he said, son, have you seen my cellar? <laughs> yeah, Dad, I saw it last time. But, no, I've added some stuff to it, son. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I'd like to tell you you see what's happening in our world today there's a storm coming there's a storm coming folks there is a uh, there's some bad stuff coming Creedence Clearwater Revival called it a bad moon on the rise there's some bad stuff coming read Matthew 24 Matthew 25 just read it you'll see it happening in our world today can I tell you this is the greatest place you could be if there's a sprinkle of problems, you need to be in the house of God. Amen? You need to be in the house of God. This is where you need to be. You need to be in the house of the Lord. And every time you come, I'd like to say, hey, come here. I want to show you something. I want to show you the church. Have you met these people? Have you met those folks? Have you met those folks? Have you met these people? we got some new folks here. It's a great cellar. It's a great place. Bible said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and are safe. They're safe. There's nothing like a church. Now, I can recommend some to you. But I recommend this one because I know the people in this church. I know the people in this session. I know the people in the second session, the first session. And when Reed has his continuum tonight, our fourth service of the day, I know the people in that session. And I'm going to tell you. Some of the kindest people you'll ever know in your life, some of the sweetest people that'll lift you, encourage you, strengthen you. You need a church, you need to be water baptized if you haven't been, and you need the right relationships in your life. That's how you just get Egypt out of your spirit and out of your soul. Would you stand? You're awesome people, and I love you very, very much. The Bible says it this way in Hebrews let's not stay away from church meetings some people are doing this all the time comfort each other as you see that day of his return coming near so if the apostle Paul wrote let's don't stay away from church some people are doing it but comfort each other as you see the day approach it now listen to me folks there's a lot of time in the world you'll watch a lot of TV you'll see more TV today than you've been at church this hour in 15 minutes but I promise you there's not a greater hour in 15 minutes you can serve share in your life a week than being in God's house amen Amen. clap your hands to that that's good (laughs) so I want you to join hands with your neighbor there I want you to thank the Lord somebody preached to you today and said you know what Egypt don't have to control you you can get it out of your system it can flow away from you, and God can give you the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. Grab their hand, bow your head, and close your eyes. and I want to pray a prayer. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Dear Father, in the name of the Lord, you see this precious, precious group of people here that's gathered to hear the word and hear the music and worship you today. Lord, let us understand that things happen. We sin, we get hurt. The devil is after us. We understand that. But God, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Give us the victory today that overcometh the world, even our faith. Let us understand that, God, you brought us out. You didn't bring us out to let us stay the way we were. You brought us out to take us to where you want us to be. And that's with you in the kingdom of God. Now, bless this church and bless these people. Give us of your kingdom, which will be no end, and get us, take the second cup of deliverance and freedom in our life today. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. amen. Now look up here at me before you leave. Wednesday night we're on a series on the Holy Ghost. And this Wednesday night we have a man coming that's going to be used of God, he's used in the gifts. And if you need deliverance, you need healing, you need salvation, you need the Holy Spirit in your life, show up. I promise you it will be one of the greatest nights you'll ever experience in your life. And I'll see you next Sunday also. God bless. Have a great day.